Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. I hope that you all are having a great week so far. Today, we have a very interesting episode, and it's actually going to be a little challenge for all of the listeners. So today, we are talking about No Waste November. I first learned about this challenge after listening to an episode from our guest podcast, And he took on this challenge last November in 2019, and I had honestly never heard of this challenge before, but it's something that I'm going to challenge all of the listeners to partake in, and I'm also going to be partaking in this challenge myself. So our guest today is Michael Joseph, and he is the host of the Sustainable Savings podcast, where he talks about how having a minimalist lifestyle and how making sustainable choices can actually help you save money and help improve your financial situation. So for No Waste November, I'm saying no waste in quotation marks. I know that right now during the pandemic that it's become a lot harder to reduce our waste or make a lot of the same sustainable choices that we were able to make before the pandemic. So for anyone who's going to take on this challenge of No Waste November, I want to give the disclaimer that I absolutely do not expect anyone to create zero waste in the month of November. I just want this challenge to be a way for us to maybe just observe the waste that we create in a month and find one or two solutions for how we can reduce our waste. So as we go through the episode, Michael is going to give us a little background on what No Waste November is, how the challenge looked for him last year, and maybe how the pandemic has affected how we are going to partake in the challenge this year. So I wanted to run through a few of the goals that I have for myself for No Waste November in case it sparks any ideas for any of you all and talk about some ways that I already try to reduce my waste. So a few ways that I have started to reduce my waste this year are I have started using cotton makeup pads instead of using reusable cotton swabs. So if I'm removing my makeup after a day or even removing nail polish, I'll use cotton makeup pads. And you can just throw these right in the washing machine with your normal laundry and they hold up really well, so they last a really long time and you can get a lot of uses out of them. Second, I have used a reusable water bottle for a long time. I feel like there's not really many excuses for using plastic water bottles anymore, and you can pick out a really cute reusable water bottle, you can put stickers on it and make it fun, but it's great because you can carry it around and you can refill it at a lot of places, and it just really helps reduce our plastic usage, especially especially single-use plastics. Because if you think about it, a lot of these plastic water bottles that we use, 
are possibly not even getting recycled, so they're just going straight to the landfill, which is not good. Third, I just want people to think about possibly donating. So if you are going through your closet and finding clothes that you don't wear anymore, or I know that a lot of us have been going through all of the rooms in our houses and apartments, cleaning things out. So rather than putting the items that you're finding in your house or your clothing items at the curb for pickup to just go sit in the landfill, consider donating either to a Goodwill, a Salvation Army, or even look into local organizations such as homeless shelters or places for women who are escaping domestic violence. There's a lot of great options out there right now for where you can donate your used items. I also want to say that to reduce your waste, maybe just think of certain items that you don't have to buy. Maybe reflect on certain items that you buy out of impulse or that you buy without really thinking about. That's one really good way to start reducing your waste. And also to make sure that the waste you are creating is actually getting recycled. As we discussed in our previous recycling episode, make sure that you are rinsing and cleaning out your recyclables before they go into the recycling bin. That way you can hopefully ensure that your items are clean and are able to actually get recycled once they get to that recycling facility. Now for a few of the goals that I've thought about for myself and how I want to reduce my waste or reflect on my usage in the month of November. Our first, I want to try and reduce my food waste. This was actually something that I did a lot of research on in college and food waste is one of the leading factors in climate change and greenhouse gas emissions because our food goes into the landfill and as it rots and decays, which is over hundreds of years, it's releasing methane. And as I've moved into an apartment this year on my own, it's become a challenge to try and determine how best to cook for just one person and what groceries to buy in the store without allowing my food to go bad. So I really want to make a goal for myself to evaluate what is in my fridge and really try to meal plan instead of just going to the grocery store and buying a bunch of random items or buying these big bulk purchases of items that are possibly going to go bad before I can even use them. My second goal is to try and remember to bring my reusable bags to all stores. For some reason, I feel like a lot of us have gotten in our heads to bring reusable bags to the grocery store, but not necessarily to other stores where we're shopping for clothes or like a Target or Walmart. And at those places, you can also use reusable bags. For example, at Target, you can get, I believe, five cents off your purchase for each reusable bag that you bring. So you even get an incentive for bringing your reusable bag. And I know that in some places right now, it is limited because of the pandemic. So just make sure to look into what the rules are surrounding bringing your reusable bags. My third goal is to try and not take receipts from stores that I don't need them from. I think that a lot of the time it's just out of habit that they print the receipt and hand it to you and then honestly most of them just end up in the trash because they are most of the time not recyclable. And I don't really use them for anything so I'm going to try and be mindful of if I don't have to take a receipt to not take that receipt and to reduce my waste in that area. 
Fourth, I have switched to cloth napkins rather than just mindlessly using paper towels. So I purchased some cloth napkins that I can use in the kitchen or even to be more sustainable if you have an old t-shirt after going through your closet, you can cut that up and just make some rags out of that and use those as your cloth napkins. Finally, the last goal that I have for myself is to try to transition to using bar soap rather than soap or even shampoo and conditioner that comes in bottles. There are some great shampoo bars and even conditioner bars that you can buy now. And I think that for hand soap, you can also use bar soap for this. I personally just ran out of hand soap in my bathroom and my brain immediately went to, oh, I have to go to the store to buy a new plastic bottle of hand soap, but rather I had a bar of soap in my bathroom already. So I'm just going to use that instead. So those are a few goals that I have. I encourage you all to just find one or two ways that you can reduce waste in your household. And one piece of advice I have, if this challenge sounds intimidating, is just start with one room in your house. You can focus on your bathroom or your kitchen or even your bedroom and just think of a few swaps that you can make. That's one really great piece of advice that I have. And also remember that nobody's perfect. So like I said, I don't expect anyone to be completely zero waste. It's more just a way for you to become more mindful and aware during this time. As a resource, I am going to create a calendar with a different challenge or a different swap that you can do on each day of the month of November. So head to the link in the at hopefully sustainable pod bio on Instagram And you can download that calendar and take on the challenges and tag at hopefully sustainable pod. I would love to see all the different ways that you are reducing waste and becoming more mindful in the month of November. So now let's get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hopefully Sustainable. Today I am joined by Michael Joseph. And he is the host of the podcast called Sustainable Savings. So we are actually doing a podcast swap. So um, later on in a few weeks, you'll also hear me on his podcast. And we are going to be today talking about No Waste November. So we're going to be introducing that to all of you who are listening and telling you a little bit about that challenge for anyone who wants to try to take that on for the month of November. So before we get into the details of what that challenge entails, Michael, could you introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background on who you are? Yeah, first off, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show and uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, Yeah, so I'm Mike uh, and my story is kind of complicated, but I've I've gotten to this point where I am now, uh, where I have a podcast uh, on all streaming platforms called Sustainable Savings. Uh, and I'm also a uh, personal finance coach. And kind of how this whole thing started is I graduated from college about seven years ago. And like most college students, I struggled with a ton of student loan debt. And my first three years of working, uh, I wasn't really making much of a dent. My cost of living was high and I wasn't making very much money. Also relatable to a lot of college students. Yes. And I had this realization that I needed to make a change and get serious about my finances. 
Um, and I didn't necessarily know how to do that yet, but I was living in Seattle at the time and I'm originally from uh, the Austin, Texas area. And I found an opportunity to move from Seattle back to Austin with the same job. And, um, by dramatically lowering my cost of living, I was able to uh, save a lot of money and pay off my debt. Um, well, fast forward a couple of years, it took me only like two or three years since getting on that system to pay off my debt. When looking back at what I was doing, a lot of it was very minimalist, like prioritization of my values uh, in terms of how I incorporated that into my lifestyle. And it kind of gave me this perspective of, oh, wow, like, you know, simple, simple living, like living slowly, uh, sustainable practices can actually save people money and actually do something good for our planet. Uh, so I started the podcast, um, Sustainable Savings, and it's pretty much just about how uh, different guests, it's a conversational-based podcast, but how different guests have used either sustainable practices or non-conventional practices in their lives uh, to save money or eliminate debt. So it's kind of like something I say a lot is like save money, save the world. And it's like that concept where you can motivate people to be kinder to our planet by incentivizing them uh, through financial gain. So it's kind of a cool win-win. Um, and I've been doing the podcast for uh, eight or nine months now. Um, and then I also have a financial coaching business. So I work with people, um, help them redefine their basic needs in order to uh, help them save money, eliminate debt, and uh, find financial prosperity. Yeah, so I think we started our podcast around the same time, so it's great to meet other people who are kind of new in this podcasting space, but I want to hit on a little bit what you were talking about. I think finances and just our financial life in general can be really overwhelming or daunting to a lot of people, how did you even begin that journey to really dive into your finances and make these changes to pay off your student debt and become more financially stable? Yeah, so that's the, that's, I think, the scariest thing is in terms of doing anything new, not just this, but uh, money is a taboo thing for a lot of us. And a lot of us aren't educated in how to manage our finances. So when we're failing, there's a lot of shame and we don't want to say anything. Um, for me, it was just uh, starting to write things down, you know? Uh, and the biggest lesson for me was when I moved uh, to Seattle originally, I was living in an apartment that was way too expensive. I had too many costs uh, along with my student loans that, you know, over 60 to 70% of my total income was going towards, uh, these expenses that I basically chose to have, like I built a cage around me. And I think that's something a lot of people have is like, they don't understand that, you know, based on your current job and your current set of expenses, you can't afford to pay this much uh, for rent. It's just, well, you can, but you're going to struggle. And that's kind of where I, I started investigating as I got into budgeting documents and started to really understand where I was, and that kind of taught me the, the first step there was like, oh, I need to find a job that can earn me a little bit more income uh, because depending on where you are in the United States, you know, adjusting your cost of living, you can only go so far. And at least Seattle, Washington, it's a beautiful city. I had a great time there, but, um, you know, there's a, not a very low cap on 
what your rent can be. So that was like what prompted me to move back home uh, to Austin, Texas. And I ended up moving and uh, cutting my rent from $900 a month to like $400 a month uh, for the same set of circumstances. And again, that's not an option for everybody, but at least in my unique situation, I was like, okay, this is, you know, a way I can dramatically, you know, decrease my uh, cost of living, but increase my income by almost six thousand seven thousand dollars a year because i'm able to cut this expense down um but the thing i say is like uh one uh analogy i like to make a lot is uh for people who like to go to the gym and work out and they always say it's good to keep a journal uh to kind of track your progress i think it's the same with your finances the first step is just to understand where you are and start looking at the numbers because you might do that and understand that wow, I'm actually in a terrible financial situation. (laughs) And, but just knowing that makes people feel a lot better because then they have the power to change versus just kind of living in an unknown, like I'm stressed. This is just terrible and I can't do anything about it, but I also don't know how to fix it. So I think the first step is just to uh, download a free budgeting document. You can get them on Excel or online and just fill it out and try to have a clear understanding because Once you have a clear understanding, then you can make adjustments. This is actually really relatable to my own personal life. I started my first real job this year after graduating from college. And so I'm in a different financial situation now than I obviously was in college. So I actually took your advice that you just mentioned and I downloaded the free budget examples that are out there. There's so many different ones and you can really customize them to what you're looking for. And I think it's really almost empowering to be able to look at, okay, here's what I'm spending my money on and here's where I can save money. So I think that's really great advice. And I'm always interested to find out how people become interested in sustainability or learn about sustainability. So was it your financial situation and becoming more of a minimalist that made you discover sustainability or was it something that you just realized could be connected? Um, It's a little bit of both. Uh, So living in Washington state for a little over two years, um, there's a lot of sustainable practices that are built into the infrastructure of the city, you know, moving from, Austin, Texas, you had optional recycling with garbage to mandatory recycling, mandatory compost. Um, And I think that being forced to like use some of those practices initially made me realize how important they are. Like I didn't realize that after putting, separating my trash and having compost and recycling, actually how little, uh, material was actually going in the garbage. So while we were doing compost and recycling every week, we maybe did trash every two to three weeks because really there wasn't very much that was going in there. Um, And then as far as like the other side of that, like realizing it after the fact, um, I got very interested in minimalism when it came time to moving because I was leaving Seattle and moving back to Austin and I just had my small car at the time and I was like, I need to figure out a way to downsize. And I knew this was coming. And um, I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Minimalist. It's very, like, very well known, very mainstream. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I, I remember thinking after watching it, oh, like there's a way to downsize and there's like a new perspective on how to look at this. And I think 
since I have made that move, um, in terms of how I, not only how I spend my money, but just in terms of my outlook on buying any consumer goods, anything like that is all, uh, a lot more intentional. So I, when it comes to purchasing my clothing, I'm looking at the life of that item. If I'm going to make a purchase, uh, right now I live out in, uh, Lake Tahoe, California. So it's a very big, like outdoor minded community. So a lot of people buy mountain bikes or skis and snowboards, things like that. And I always give them the advice of like, you know, it's worth buying if you're going to use it. There's like a relative cost based on how much you use an item uh, versus renting that item. And, you know, I try to live my life that way so that not only am I using everything the best of my ability, saving money at the same time, but not being wasteful, you know? And I do, I truly think there is like something to finding joy in everything you have. I uh, interviewed a CEO of a company called Cloudwell a couple weeks ago, and she referred to a term called essentialism, where it's just like everything in your life is essential to you. And, and think there, you, there are things that you like. So, um, you know, I think there's like a concept to minimalism and there's like, a a lot of a lot around it in terms of like an aesthetic of your home and your lifestyle um but it's also like focusing on like you're having the things in life that are important to you um and it's like those are things i really appreciate but looking back i think it was a combination of those two things i haven't heard of the term essentialism before but i think that's a really great way to look at it because i feel like minimalism kind of similar to the zero waste movement can be a little intimidating to a lot of people thinking oh i could never live that sort of lifestyle but when you think about it as just having the essential items i think that's a lot more approachable way to look at the movement and it also reminds me of the recent uh, docu-series that came out on netflix that marie kondo where she goes into people's houses and asks do these items spark joy for you? Like you were mentioning that it's like good to look at the items you have and think, are these useful? Are they providing joy in my life? So that's a really great perspective on um, looking at all of these items that we have. So I'm interested to find out how did you decide to start a podcast about these issues and how did you decide that was the best way to get out the word about what you have learned? Yeah, so uh, last summer, I went to a conference in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's called World Domination Summit. And it's basically a large conference of uh, people who uh, run small businesses, work for themselves, work remotely. Uh, basically a huge uh, non-conventional workers convention. And so the general people that you meet there they're all either solopreneurs and they all do some kind of content creation, things like that. And I did a workshop um, and actually like got the information from the guy that was leading it. And, you know, we had a couple calls after the conference and he's like, yeah, I think because I was kind of in the realm of wanting to be uh, in financial coaching um, because based on my own experience, like I helped or I eliminated my debt, but I don't feel like I compromised my happiness to do so. Um, which is what I was going to say a second ago is just, um, with like essentialism, it's like, there's a lot of things that we don't really have priority for, but we still keep them around and you can actually save quite a bit of money and 
get the things that you want in life uh, by just redefining uh, what your basic needs are. Um, but yeah, so after that conference, I was like, I had never really considered a podcast. I thought maybe I would do a blog. Uh, I majored in public relations. So it was like more of a writing intensive degree. So I was like, maybe a blog or I could do like an ebook. And um, he was just like, you should try just talking to people. And as I started to talk to people about uh, my idea for content, um, I started thinking, wow, this could actually be a cool idea for a podcast. And um, because it's not necessarily about how this practice uh, equates to saving money, it's more, this is a person who has a story and this is how they did it. And uh, one thing I've realized is everyone's journey, whether it be financial saving or uh, using sustainable practices, it's also personalized that by sharing the individual story, then you can actually uh, take what you want from that and then apply it in your own way, whether it be applying that practice or trying to save yourself money that way. Do you have a favorite guest so far or someone that you that really stuck out to you where you learned something new from them? There's a guy, his name's uh, Jay Vasquez, and uh, he's a he travels uh, all around the world and teaches English and does odd jobs, but um, he works four months out of the year in the U.S. And then he uh, basically travels in a way that he is living abroad and not necessarily, it's non-conventional in a sense that he's living his ideal lifestyle, um, but he's doing what's necessary to afford that lifestyle. And I just had a really great conversation with him and um, I went on his podcast a couple times as well. It's called the Inspired by Fire podcast. Um, but we did an episode with him about uh, how to live small, work less, and travel more. Um, so basically by redefining his basic needs in um, four months out of the year, then he can live his ideal lifestyle eight months out of the year. Um, so he was just a really interesting guest. And is while it's not like it wasn't totally about sustainability, we just had a really great conversation in general. Yeah, that's great. And I'll be sure to link your podcast in the show notes so that everyone can go check out all of the really interesting episodes. And now I want to transition to No Waste November, which I first learned about from listening to an episode that you did on your podcast about No Waste November. And I thought this would be a really fun challenge for the listeners as we move into the month of November. So I want to give a disclaimer that I absolutely do not expect listeners to create absolutely no waste in the month of November. I know we're living in very different times right now, and it's definitely become a lot more challenging to be sustainable and to generate less waste. But rather, I want this episode to just encourage listeners to be more mindful about their consumption and waste and maybe just think about one way you can reduce your waste or one switch that you can make to something reusable. So Michael's going to walk us through his experience with No Waste November and give us some tips and on how we can take on this challenge. So I'm interested, where did you first learn about No Waste November and how did you decide to take on this challenge? Yeah, so it's a funny story uh, because I had just started recording my first couple podcast episodes. I did, I think my first four episodes of the podcast were done uh, up from like September through November, even though I didn't release the podcast until February. Uh, 
but at the time uh, one of my roommates uh, was just doing a lot of uh, self-growth and just doing a lot of experiments and she was like I'm thinking of like what I could do for November and I thought well you know something I've thought about is trying to uh, do a month without packaging and trying to reduce my um, the amount of like trash that I consume in general. And she's like, Oh, that's actually a good one. And that would actually be really difficult. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it with you because it would make a really cool podcast episode for us to talk about it at the end. Um, so we basically defined the rules and it was just something like you can't, we, we both had a shoebox for any trash that we uh, accumulated over the month. Um, but the rules were generally like you can't buy any of your food in packaging. Um, you have to do your best uh, not to take on any receipts, things like that. Um, I think we both ordered like uh, zero waste soap. So it just comes like with a like thin paper, but it's like biodegradable. Um, the goal is to like, the goal at least when we had in mind was to try to not do any packaging, whether it's biodegradable or not. But um I'll share like what we basically learned at the end. But so basically throughout that month, the challenge itself was to prioritize shopping at places that you didn't get receipts. Um, if there was an email option um, to buy your food uh, by weight, because um, some places you can tear away your container and then fill it up by the pound or by however many ounces. Um, so it's definitely a different way to buy food having to buy produce uh, daily because you can't buy it in the prepackaged bags. Um, so like I had gone in, into it with a money mindset to see how much I could save. And if I was actually saving money on my food and the things I was consuming. And then she had the mindset of just seeing what that lifestyle of zero waste or uh, uh, trying to be zero waste would be like. So it's a, it's definitely a challenge. So, <laughs> well, did you find that you were able to reduce your waste a lot compared to other months? And also, did you find that you were able to save money? So I would say yes. Um, uh, the biggest thing that was hard at the beginning was just finding places that wouldn't give you receipts. Um, so there's one grocery store where I live that would do an email option. So that became my grocery store. And, but the first couple of days of the month, it was kind of a trial and error in terms of trying to be absolute zero waste. Uh, however, I do believe that I saved money because one thing that is not really talked about uh, a lot is that how packaging is important to tell the consumer uh, who is who of what item. So if you're going to go down a pasta aisle, I'm sure everyone's done this. There's like four or five different color boxes or bags. And there it's just so you can tell which brand is which because you like marketing uh, executives know that if they have your, their brand out, like there's going to build like a brand loyalty. Well, that creates an increase of cost a lot of times. Uh, so you're actually paying an increased price on your food uh, because of packaging. And a lot of times that food isn't even necessarily the best quality food. Uh, whereas you can go somewhere where you can actually get your food by weight and you're paying a more fair price. So 
that's one thing, one thing in terms of saving money, you're not consuming packaging. Uh, one thing I did is you can, um, you can buy these little bags. They're very thin and reusable, but you can actually take them to the grocery store and use those as your bulk bags. Um, so that's one thing I did as well as, uh, buying produce, um, pretty much every two days. So that goes with food too, for this zero waste challenge is that you're consuming the produce, uh, vegetables and fruits that you're buying and you're not throwing stuff away that is not being used. So I'm sure all of us can relate to this. You go to the grocery store and there's an onion uh, on its own and it says, you know, 87 cents per pound, uh, but then there's a bag of onions for $10 and or $7 and you're like, oh, like these won't go bad right away and I'll just buy this now. Um, so by buying with that mindset, like, you're buying something that's in packaging. That's one. It costs more because you have more items and three, you're going to not likely use all of them because people forget about things when there's so much and you're not buying it with the intent to eat it right away. You don't have a meal in mind. So for me, like buying my produce in singles, I was like, I'll buy two tomatoes, one will go with my salad tonight, and one will go with my eggs tomorrow or breakfast tomorrow. Um, and there's ways that you can get around doing it without packaging if you're going to the right store. I went to a health food store um, in my town and that kind of helped a lot because they're in that mindset already. Um, but just like a combination of those things uh, helped me save money, but also reduced uh, packaging at the same time. I think that's a really good point because I've definitely fallen into that trap before where you go to the grocery store and you we are kind of trained to have this mindset of if we buy in bulk, then we're saving so much money. But then, like you said, half of it ends up going bad. So then we have to throw it away in addition to all of the packaging that gets thrown away. So in reality, at the end, are we even really saving that much money? We might have been better off just purchasing that individual onion, like you said. So at the end of this challenge, after the zero waste month had passed, what would you say you're and your, you and your roommate had learned overall from participating in No Waste November? I would say it's just the, the biggest lesson learned is uh, some people are very, it, no, being no waste or zero waste is a lifestyle and it is not something that you just can decide to be uh it's it's very challenging because you in it in itself the lifestyle challenges all the norms of society it's normal to get a bag from the grocery store paper or plastic it's normal to take small plastic bags to separate your vegetables that you're going to go home and wash anyways uh it's normal to buy dry goods in packaging like all of those things are normal um it's normal to buy consumer products and toiletries in packaging um, and even though they're recyclable um it was kind of the mindset originally was that's the most sustainable thing you can do um, but someone once told me you know even if you're doing something 80 percent of the time it's still 80 percent more than by not doing it at all so I think the biggest thing we both learned was like that sometimes like you can do the right thing 
and practice what's more sustainable with a little bit more inconvenience in your life. But sometimes that inconvenience isn't that big of a deal that it's not worth doing. And I think that's what I've carried over. Um, and I think I do that a lot with my, uh, just in my shopping habits in general. Uh, but I think overall, it was something that I felt like I, <laughs> I ate healthier, I saved money, and then I wasn't as wasteful. So, but there's things that you can't get around, like even the health food store I would go to, there was still produce stickers on like the vegetables and fruit that I was buying. Um, and it's like, I, did, I wasn't off the day of the week that uh, the farmer's market were, was in town. And so there's, there's certain things that are hard to get around, but it's just the idea that if it's important to you and you experiment and realize the benefits of it, then when you're done, you can, you can, it's like I said before, it doesn't have to be, if something's non-conventional, then by following the practice of somebody is like, it's, uh, it's just not, it's just not ideal. You know, you got to figure out how to do it your own way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is I really like this challenge because it can be very personalized and customized to each individual person who's taking on the challenge because everyone's lifestyles look different. Everyone is going to be starting from somewhere different if they are taking on this challenge. So that's really great because everyone can kind of make it their own. As we are living right now in this pandemic, it's become a lot harder to reduce our waste as we go to the grocery stores. I know a lot of them aren't allowing people to bring their reusable bags in or we're not allowed to bring reusable cups to coffee shops. So do you have any advice for listeners who want to take on this challenge as to how they can look at it during the pandemic and how it might be a little different than when you had participated in it last year? Yeah, I think uh, the coffee shop's a big thing because uh, it's, it's something that, in my opinion, a lot of people with a little bit of research and investment could uh, save a lot of money and make themselves coffee uh, at home. I talked about that in one of my episodes about fair trade coffee, but just the relative cost of coffee in general. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, you can't bring your cup. And if you were in a, if it was important enough to you that you didn't want to be wasteful and take that single use container, um, then just making your coffee at home and experimenting with ways that you can uh, have that latte or uh, you buy the simple syrup in the flavor that you like for your coffees. Um, you buy a container uh, for cold brew. And there's just things I think uh, as people we're a lot more resourceful, uh, but it's just about challenging inconvenience. And that's, that's definitely what I'll say about coffee um, is that you can save yourself literally like a thousand to $1,500 a year uh, by buying everything you would need to make your own coffee at home. Um, it's just about challenging inconvenience. Um, and it really only takes like 10 extra minutes of your day and you'd save money and uh, also uh, reduce the use of single use containers. As far as going to the grocery store, um, what I did during COVID a lot of times because I wasn't able to bring um, in my reusable bag was, you know, a lot of times when I go shopping, I don't need a full cart. I just need my basket 
and I would just carry all of my items um, in my basket to my car, put them in my trunk. And when I got home, it would just take me like two extra trips or I would bring out my reusable bag and fill up my bag and bring all my stuff in the house. Again, it's like the challenge of challenging inconvenience and what's actually worth it. So a lot of times somebody's like, you know what, I guess I'll just take, uh, I guess I need three paper bags. I'll just take it because they're thinking about the walk from the store to their car or their car to their home. And it's really not that far and you're really not taking that much extra time. Um, but it's about identifying if that is worth, uh, taking on those items. So I think challenging inconvenience is the biggest step into, uh, if this is a priority for somebody. Well, I'm really excited to see how all of my listeners and all of your listeners accept this challenge and fit it into their lives during the month of November. So where can listeners find you on social media and where can they listen to your podcast? Yeah, so I'm on, uh, the, I'm about to give you like five links. So I'm on <laughs> Instagram. Uh, that's probably what I'm most active on social media wise. Uh, and that's uh, the handle is uh, sustainable dot savings. And then I'm on Twitter and Facebook at podcast savings. And then if you're interested in show notes um, or any like blog topics I've written about, you can go to my website. That's sustainable And uh, my podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms, just look up uh, sustainable savings and uh, leave a review. Perfect. I'll be sure to link all of those in the show notes for everyone to check out all of the different resources you provide. So as we come to the end of the episode, I like to ask all of my guests what they are hopeful about. Since the podcast is called Hopefully Sustainable, I like to end it on a positive and hopeful note for all of the listeners. So I'd love to know what you are finding hope in right now or what you are hopeful about. So for me, I think... Uh, I'm hopeful for uh, the younger generations that are in school or just getting out of school, the Gen Z. I think they are far more uh, active, um, whether it be protesting uh, online or in person about politics or the environment. Uh, They're a very go-getter generation. And it's kind of like what I said before. I think there's a big uh, stipulation around uh, people that have a lot of inaction because they have the perspective like what can one person do and in my opinion uh, one person can do a whole lot um, if they just do you know whatever they can you know whatever suits them it's more than doing nothing and I think Gen Z as a generation is uh, very independent and they they do more so I'm hopeful for them to Uh, speak up for what's important to them and uh, make some changes uh, for our country and the planet. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Hopefully Sustainable today and for teaching all the listeners about No Waste November. I'm excited to see how it goes for everyone. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at Hopefully Sustainable Pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.